December 30th, word of the time go. It's, I don't know about you all, but when the end of the year comes, <clears throat> it's like we start reflecting and we, oh, remember that and remember that. And then we start the new year and we get excited and motivated again to lose weight and to get in a little bit of a howl, Kelly. We get motivated to lose weight, eat good, go to the gym. But in that moment, when we're looking back on the year, we get caught up in the previous year. We get caught up on the good things. We get caught up in the bad thing. And I don't, I don't know about you, but it's like as soon as New Year's Day hits, it's like it's over, gone, out of the psyche, start over. Anybody have weird thoughts like that? They have this mental switch when the New Year hits, like the last year's gone, or some of you still think about the previous year, even when January 1st comes. Anybody? Come on, we got one person. We got, we got half a hand in Cheyenne. We got some more. Okay, good. So, so right now we're still in that retrospective period, and we're thinking back, and we're thinking about the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs. And some of us will think back even past this year about all the things God blessed us with, and that just is what we carry into t- January. But we, we never move into now. We, we never see what God has now because we're hanging on to yesterday's blessing. Maybe it's not a blessing you're holding on to. Maybe it's yesterday's problem and you just still can't get over what they did. So you're still not going to come to church because of them. And you're still not going to serve God because of them. And you're still thinking about what they did in let alone 2018, 2012. It could be good. It could be bad. But it's yesterday's news is the point I'm trying to make. And some of the best things that have happened in my life, I mean, let's face it, I'm, I'm going to be over the hill in a few weeks. So, so I'm looking in the past now. All the good things are over, right? Anybody got a tissue? Just kidding. That's, I'm turning 40. My kids have all been born. They're getting past their toddler stage. We've achieved what we wanted early on. What else is there to look forward to tomorrow? I mean, all the good things already happened, right? There's nothing left God could do because I've seen how God moves and he's done all the things. So he can't do those things again because he's already done them. But that's what happens. We get caught up in trying to figure out Jesus, the the riddle maker. And we think we can figure out the formula of God. And once we've seen a few blessings, now we are the blessing strategists. We now tell people when they're going to be blessed and how it's going to be blessed and what they do. Like we know so much now we're forgetting that we didn't know the first time when it happened to us. So how we know how God's going to do it for them? We, we don't know. But we're, we're, we're so caught in how God did it yesterday that we're missing what he wants to do today because it's usually different. What worked back then wouldn't work for you now. Wearing diapers when I was three wouldn't work for me now. It'd be a problem. A blessing then it would be a problem now. You see, it was relevant to the season I was in. My kids wearing diapers and drinking formula, you know, they outgrow, they, they've outgrown it. Now it would be a problem. It was a blessing then, and now it would be a problem. It, it, it was a due season it was in. It was a, a time and season, a time and place. It's like stale bread. Anybody got family that likes to freeze all the bread? They freeze the bread. Yeah, you can reuse it. I'm just saying, I can taste the difference. 
And my, my mother and my wife argue with me and say, no, you can't. I say, yes, I can. I can tell that bread was frozen. Because when you, when you slave, Mike, over a 20-hour pork shoulder, and you go get it on some, you go put it on some frozen bread, you can tell the difference. Because the pork is so fresh, it's ready for the moment you're in. But when you go pull out some bread from five years ago, just because it's got 10 inches of freezer burn on it, and you're going to thaw it out and say it tastes the same as a fresh loaf just made that day, the, the yeast had just risen that day, I'm sorry, but I can tell. I guess I got a special gift to tell when it tastes like croutons and not bread. Because it's stale, Brandon. It may be thawed, but it's, it's stale. It's old. It's yesterday's news. You can't bring out the flavor in the pork with yesterday's bread. It's a spoil. And that's our tendency with God is he's done so much for us. We keep thinking about that. We keep holding on to that and how he did it. And we start missing how he's going to do it today because we just want to thaw out what he did yesterday. But as long as you hang on to yesterday's manna or unleavened bread from heaven, you will find yourself on an empty stomach today. My willingness to serve God as he desires to be served and dedication to living by his word is the difference between staying fresh and living in a spoil. If we go to the book of Exodus this morning, my passage is a little longer than normal. Sorry about that. Some days I got to give you more. Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 21. If you got a Bible, if you got an app, if you got a photographic memory, whatever you got, bring it out and go to the scripture. And we're going to read through. See, it's funny. I think weird. What can I say? I call it spiritual, but maybe it's just weird. I don't know. When people, you try to do something good for somebody. Let me know how I say this. The Israelites were so ungrateful. Here they were bondage in bondage for so many years. They finally get out. And what do they do? All they do is complain. They gripe. You try to do something good for somebody, and they just pick at what's wrong. Are they part of the solution or are they part of the problem? Are they pushing you forward or are they holding you back? Are they yesterday's croutons or frozen bread, as some of my family likes to call it? I call it, ugh, cracker bread, stale, cardboard. Is that what, is that what they're doing in your life? Because people will do that to you. They will, they will draw you back. And when you go to do something new, they'll sit there from a distance and they'll poke their head in once in a while and they'll say, good enough. I'll be back next time. But they're not in it, so they don't know what God's doing. And so, so those kind of people are yesterday's bread in your life. And if you hang on to that bread, it's going to get stanking, filled with worms. And if we go back to the passage here, as I tend to digress when I have too much caffeine, in chapter 16, verses 1 through 21, the Israelites were ungrateful. They're complaining at Moses and Aaron, the mouth of Moses. Moses is the mouth of God that they're hungry, and there's no McDonald's down the road. Even though they've been in slavery, they're free. They're thinking about it would have been better just to be a slave again. It, goes, it says in verse 1, And they journeyed from Elam, and the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. 
So they'd been out of Egypt a couple months, and they're already, the newness wore off already. The new car smell was gone already. They're already complaining. It's not the first time they've done it. It's the, it's the way they always do. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had just died by the land of the Lord in the land of Egypt. We sat by the pots of pork and meat and brisket. And when the bread and the bread of life was full, it was fresh bread straight out of the bakery. And we were slaves. Yeah, but we had some good bread and some good meat back then. But you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger, starvation. What are you doing, Moses? Aaron? Get it together. Take us back. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota or amount. It has a limit. Every day that I may test them whether they walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So on the sixth day, they gather twice as much. You know, it's going to be a long weekend. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. Because I'm going to give you some food. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Moses is like, hey, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Do you think I like this? You think I like running through that Red Sea with the chariots and the, and the, and the horses and the whatever, the, the, the spears and the, and, the M, and the M60s and the, you know, they had some grenades back then, right, Brandon? They had some, they had some, they had some ninja knives and they had all kinds of stuff back then. You didn't know that, but, I, but the Egyptians had that stuff. You think I like that they're throwing that stuff at my head? So I was trying to protect you to take you out of the will, take you out of uh, the bondage and and, free, and get you free into the wilderness so you could find the promised land. And you're complaining to me because you don't have a Big Mac when you want it. <laughs> it's not me. I'm just doing what God said. That's what Moses said. And also Moses said, "This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat." To eat in the evening and in the morning bread in the in the evening protein in the in the morning carbs balance thank you Lord to be full for the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him and what are we your complaints are not against us but against the Lord don't shoot the messenger guys then Moses spoke to Aaron say to all the congregation of the children of Israel come near before the Lord for he has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. There's God. You see that cloud? No, not that one. That's, that's God. Yeah, that one, that one. That's shaped nicely. That's, that's, that's God. There's God in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. I'm going to show you today. Forget what I did yesterday. I'm going to show you today and tomorrow. And tomorrow, forget what I did today. And then when tomorrow comes, forget what I did. Don't worry about the next day. When we get there, we got a quota. We got a supply, and we have evenly distributed amongst a quota to feed you because I am the Lord. I got it under control. 
So it was that, verse 13, so it was that quails came up at the evening and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, like a bagel. Doesn't say that. I'm thinking like a bagel from Bread Co.? Was it a white bread bagel? Was it, was, it was, you know, it was not leavened, it was, it was, it was unleavened, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't risen, so it probably wasn't the softest bagel, it was probably more like a cracker. It says, as fine as a frost on the snow. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is that? Kind of like when I see that frozen loaf of bread. What is that? For they did not know what it was, and Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is, this is the bread you asked for. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer, which was a certain amount, for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. It's the honor system is what he's saying. Take what you need. Don't overtake because it'll spoil and it's going to rot. So don't even try to hold on to it because it's going to rot. It's for today. It's not for tomorrow. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. Don't save it for tomorrow, he said. Notwithstanding, shocker, they did not heed or listen to Moses. What they do? They try to save it. I mean, it's like my kid. It's like Taz. In one ear, out the other. Two seconds later, he's doing it again. It's like, psh, psh, what's wrong with you, kid? I'm sure Moses is going, man, what's wrong with these people? They just won't listen to me. They won't listen, God. I don't want nothing to do with this anymore. On multiple occasions. Verse 16, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather according. So we went there. 17, then the children of Israel so gathered some more, some less. And when they measured it, they had nothing left over. And he who gathered lacked nothing. Verse 20, sorry. But some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them, saying, I told you. So they gathered it every morning, every man, according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. So they tried to keep it. They tried to save it. They tried to freeze it. It wasn't working. It got worms and stank. I don't know about you. When I hear the word stank, it just, my appetite goes out the window. It's not an appetizing word. But they always seem to do what God asked them not to do. And they, they, wanted, to, they wanted to hold on to what God did so badly that they weren't even listening when God said, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Why are you so worried about this bread today and yesterday's for that matter? Why? When I said I'm going to do it tomorrow, do you not think I'll provide anymore? I did it once. The title of my message is Yesterday's Bread. As we close out 2018 and we reflect on this year, which is yesterday as we turn into the new year, it's important we are grateful for the bread God has given but we try not to hold on to it because it's going to get stanky and filled with worms. And it's not going to be the bread that fills us tomorrow. It's going to be different. The days of yesterday were for then. But today, everybody say, today, God has something new. 
The days of yesterday were for them, but today God has something new. And there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a season for everything. And it's so easy to live in yesterday. You see it with like parents, they put their kid in the sports and, and the, the, the parents, I see that with dads and, and, and my kids do wrestling and, and it's baseball and all these other seasons. And they, they want, they want to, they wanted to do it so bad that they're, 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 they're putting it in their kid and that's all good. But really at some point it becomes so excessive that the parent is so stuck on what they didn't do yesterday, that now they're trying to vicariously live it through their child. But there was a time and a place, and what happened yesterday has to be left alone. Yesterday's problem is in the past. Yesterday's blessing is in the past. God has new manna for you today. In my T.D. Jake's voice, Vincent, what worked for y'all's life yesterday ain't no good today. Amen. And that's the truth. How many still use the typewriter? Everybody, right? Cheyenne. Mariah and Cheyenne. You know, the typewriter. It's revolutionary. It's a game changer. The typewriter. You know, it's... First they had the... What they had to like the big old metal ones, remember? And then they came out with like the prettier ones, like the Epson or something. I don't even know. And they were a little faster. And if you could type like 60 words a minute, you were the man. I wouldn't know. I was still little. But my dad was the man on the typewriter until one day Microsoft Word came out. My brother and my dad had a little disagreement. Dad, typewriter's got to go because the world is using... Microsoft Word, and it's faster. And what worked 20 years ago doesn't work today if you want to keep pace with the world. If you want to keep pace with where God's trying to take you, you got to keep trying to use yesterday's blessing for today's solution because it's, it's for then. It's, it's, it's old now. We can't, we can't hold on to it. It was for a season then. And that's, that's like what the typewriter is. We, we went to computers, you know, and now it's like texting and everything. And, and a typewriter seems so dysfunctional now. But in the 80s or whenever, whenever it came out, I think the 80s, it was amazing. Best thing ever. Jen, the best thing ever. Tube TVs, best thing ever. Colored TV, best thing ever. How many still got a tube TV with the antennas? I hear crickets. Cricket. Grab it. Nobody, even the crickets don't have the TVs. They're like, man, we got LEDs, baby. The crickets even got the LEDs. It's because the tube TV was for a time and a season. But as things change, as your walk with God changes, you evolve into a new creation and you get sanctified by the Lord. And what was milk before, now you need some sandwiches. It doesn't work no more. It's old. It was for then. And God has something for you now. And you can't keep using yesterday's blessing to fulfill today's solution in your life with what it is you're trying to get from God. It's important we adapt to the season we're in. And it's not always fun, but it's something we have to do because life keeps going. Life keeps moving. You can't pause life. If, what you, if the typewriter was good and that was the only blessing you ever needed from God, you wouldn't need faith anymore because you'd, you'd have it. You'd have the one, the one bagel God dropped from the sky and you'd hold on to that bagel for life and you just keep freezing that puppy and you'd be good. You'd never starve again. But God says, you have to trust on me because I'm your provider, not the bagel. The bagel is just a fruit of my love and supply for you. The bagel is just the offspring of me. I am the provider, not the, not the manna. 
You're focused on the fruit and not the fruit provider. I create the fruit. If I create it for you then, I'll create it for you today. But just because I created you a clementine that Derek had this morning, yesterday, tomorrow might be an apple. Because maybe it's different this time. The season's different. God gives us enough to keep us going. Enough. He doesn't want to spoil the excess because we just need enough. And his love and his affection and his supply is enough. But it's so easy to stay stuck in yesterday's achievements and accomplishments in such a competitive world. I mean, what will you talk about when all your good days are behind you, you feel like, and you're no longer doing those things, and you're no longer in the limelight with the cool crowd, and you're no, more, you're no longer popular, and what will you talk about at the Christmas party now that you have nothing? You'll just keep talking about 15 years ago when you did this or that, and you, and remember, when I was a kid, I did this, and this, what about now? God, you're still leaving, you're still living, aren't you? God has something for you now. Don't you want to talk about the good things God is doing now? Well, I don't know. I, I keep thinking that's all he had for me. Quit freezing the bread. He's got something new for you. You're stuck on the past, and you can't freeze the past. You can't freeze it. We talked about the bread, the frozen crouton-flavored cardboard with the pork. We talked about it. It doesn't work. It may not have mold on it, like in, in the Scripture here, but it's not the same as the fresh bread or like the donut shop we went to. Old-time donuts on Mid-Rivers. Anybody been there? Oh, there's one in Florissant too. You know why there's multiple locations? Because they're successful. You know why? Because they bring the fresh donuts daily. I could have gone to Schnucks, and they're pretty good. And I could have gone to somewhere off Bryan Road, and I won't say where because they could be watching, and I don't want to make them think I don't like their donuts, but I quit going there because they always were a little crunchy to me on Christmas Eve morning, and that's not fresh bread like I wanted. I'm not bitter. Now the sweat's rolling down my head. But it was stale. Christmas Eve morning, I'm getting some stale donuts from a donut place. The bread maker. But God says, I'm not a donut shop. My bread's always fresh. Guess what? I got more than bread. I got meat. I got vegetables. I got land. I got, I got produce. I got everything. You don't even know about that because you keep thinking all you got is bread and some croutons from yesterday. You keep trying to freeze it, but you can't freeze what I got for you, so quit trying. It's going to be stanky and full of worms, says the Lord to the Israelites. They tried to keep it longer, and it stank. The problem with living in yesterday, oh, it's, it's like as you get older, it's worse. I do it. I do it. You're so focused on yesterday. You forget you're alive right now, and like there's, there's good things happening around you. Like my children are playing, and I'm still thinking about something from then. Something that, that, remember that guy in college? Remember that time he said that to me? And, oh, and you start feeling the anger and the, or this or that. It's like, I'm missing right now. I'm missing right now. Right now is becoming the past as we speak. We're never in the present because we're always stuck on that thing. Sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes it's a bad thing, like a person. They tarnished my life because I'm stuck on them and what they did. 
And sometimes it's the best blessing ever. And we're so full of blessing from 10 years ago that we're telling everybody when they're blessed and when they're not. Because we know now, because we're God, right? We know how God's going to do it. Oh, well, if, 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 if that's God, it'll do it this way. And if that's Jesus, he'll do it this way. And how do you know what Jesus is going to do? Did you create the heavens? No. Thank you. God says it's not going to be bread today. Maybe it's going to be a turkey sandwich. That was my church person voice. Do you guys like that? It just comes out of nowhere. <clears throat> like I said, it's either spiritual or really weird, but stuff goes on up here. <laughs> if we don't do it God's way, it won't last. Even when God sent it, he didn't say it was the last he would send. So you keep treating it like it is. And you start forgetting that it could be better. It could be better. I thought K-Cups were the best thing because I got so used to having them when they were new until I got to admit, I went back to a coffee pot this Christmas. I went back to a coffee pot. You know why? You know why, Nate? You know why I missed a coffee pot? Anybody throw out one, one, just one guess. It tastes better. Why, why would it taste better with the whole beans in the coffee grinder? Because it's fresh. And when you grind the beans fresh, the oils in the beans and everything are fresh. It's like fresh pepper. Everything is fresh. You grind spices when it's fresh. There is no substitute for fresh. I went back. Kirk is going in the closet. Bye-bye, K-Cups. I don't need you. I got fresh beans on the pot. I got a single serve. I've got a pot. I got multiple options for grinding those beans and having it daily. I don't need to worry about tomorrow because God will provide more. And how he did it is irrelevant. Just know that he did it. That's all that matters because how he did it is going to be stuck on how you think he's going to do it tomorrow and you're going to miss what he really did tomorrow because you keep thinking you know how he's going to do it and you don't know how he's going to operate because he is God and you are not. Be grateful he blessed you but don't worry about how he did it. He'll do it again, but it's very likely to be different because you're maturing and he does different things to mature you in different ways. And it's going to affect you differently as you grow in your walk with the Lord. My hope remains in Jesus for what is to come, not just what is past. I'm going to quit freezing yesterday's bread. Sometimes we don't freeze the bread. We just try to get something else, like a substitute, like Diet Coke. I had a Diet Coke this weekend. I'm sorry, guys. I broke down. Anybody knows that I've had this struggle. It's a heavy burden I've had. My addiction to Diet Coke. It's not really an addiction no more. But I did break down. I had a Diet Coke, and I told you all a few weeks ago I should have got rid of that thing out of the fridge, but it sat there, and then as the holidays came, I said, it's the holidays, you know, what's the Diet Coke? It's a tall, skinny kind, a cool can. I can't resist it. I tried to substitute for sugar, so it tastes like cough syrup. But everybody knows the difference in a fresh-made meal or food item than the, the substitute. You know, like, you go through Christmas, and, uh, you know, some of you get, like, nice meals on Christmas, and maybe New Year's Eve, like we like to do steak dinner on New Year's Eve. But in between, it's like junk food city. 
And so you feel like so poisoned from all the garbage that by, by New Year's Eve, here comes, this is why the resolutions are a thing. Because you're so motivated to eat a piece of green foliage that your body's starving for nutrients so badly by New Year's Day that you're motivated to work out again because you've been poisoning yourself for three weeks with candy and chocolate and garbage and garbage and garbage and toxic substitutes that God didn't bring from the earth. It's not my bread. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. It's still good. But it's a substitute. And you can't substitute what was meant to be fresh in your life. You can't freeze it. Maybe some of you don't like to face today's bread or blessing and you want to stay stuck on yesterday because you're scared. It's scary not knowing what tomorrow will bring. It's scary not knowing how God's going to do it because then we start thinking, will, will God do it? doesn't feel like he's doing anything. God says, don't worry about it. I know your situation. I know you're hurting. I know because I made you. I felt all the things that you felt. I felt them on the cross. I've been tempted and tried just like you. Anything you felt or hurt over, I have felt. People think Jesus can't relate to us. That's why Jesus could relate to us. That's why God became flesh, so he could relate to us. Because what kind of God would I serve who couldn't relate to me? So he says, I got you. I'll come. I'll take every burden you could never imagine. I'm going to take it worse. So you could never say, I don't understand what you're going to face tomorrow because I faced it all. I took on the weight of the world. I took on all the sin of the world. I took on the disease. I took on the rape. I took on the murders. I took on all the bad stuff. I took it on so you could never say that I would not understand what you're going through right now. I understand. And I've got a new supply for you. But in order to get the new supply, you have to be willing to quit freezing yesterday's blessing or bread or situation or problem. Are they stopping you from where you want to go with God? It happens. It's in the scripture. Father against daughter, mother against son. There's division. And with love, you have to try to patch the division. But you have to always be willing to follow Christ first. So be it. If you want the new supply I've got for you. Your best days are ahead when you lean on Jesus for tomorrow's bread. He wants to provide you a new way, though, for a new season. It was bread for them, but now he's going to equip you with something new. If we go to Joshua chapter 5, verse 10 through 12, this is later on when they get somewhere. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate the produce of the land. What? They didn't eat the bread. They ate the produce of the land on the day after the Passover. Unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Yeah, they had that too, but they had some produce on the land. That wasn't there before. And the manna seized. Everybody say, it seized. It stopped on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. 
And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land. See, God says, I'm going to upgrade you if you keep walking down my path. But if you stay stuck on my bread, you're going to be a toddler forever, and you can't freeze time. So it's time you grow up and you walk in the, in the, in the sanctification I've got for your life. And in order to do that, I've got a promised land for you. But if you don't do what I say, you're never going to find it because there's no room because you're stuck on the stale bread. What a change. He said, here's land. Now you can do it. God was mentoring them sort of in a modern, weird corporate way. He was saying, here's how you do it. I'm going to give it to you for a little while. You got it? Okay. Here, here, let's pop the training wheels off. There they go, son. There he goes. There goes my boys riding around the basement. It's not that big, but if I push them long enough, eventually they start riding the bike without me, and now I can get them into something more dangerous like rollerblading because they can bike on their own. God says, I got something better for you, and it's not always dangerous. It's a good thing. That was just a, an illustration of, of how it is with boys. But God says, now that you're able to function at this level, now you're ready to go to this level. It's like going through grades. You can't jump to 12th grade when you're still doing first-grade arithmetic. Well, I just need to be fed. I just need to be fed. Not getting fed. Open your mouth. Chew. You don't like what's on the table. That's a, that's a joke. Pastors say, I'm, I've learned this. I thought I was the only one who thought this, and then other pastors said, no, we, we think that too. <laughs> the people, they say, we just want to be fed. I'm just not getting fed. It's like, hello, here's a feast. Eat something. Well, I just don't really like that. It's, I'm not, it's not gluten-free. It's not this. It's not that. It's not, I just really want that. Here's the word of God. It's the most filling food on the planet. And you won't eat it. get fired up God won't force feed it to you he says but if you eat it and you do it my way I'm going to show you more and eventually you're going to lean on me for bigger things because you got this covered now you got some land I'll show you how to farm you do your own produce and on and on it's the sanctification process and before you know it you'll be teaching other people how to plant like one seed You'll be planting multiple seeds. You like that plug? Like how I plugged that in there? It's intentional. Because it's the premise for the whole ministry we're doing here. We get the seed so it can be recultivated. And when you get enough seed, if you want to get more seed from the Lord, you got to give away the seed you've already gotten. If you just hold on to it, never water it, it never grows, nothing happens. It's like when you overseed your lawn in one spot, the grass don't grow. It's just a pile of seed and the birds come get it. We don't want that. You want to stay in your fresh supply today that God's got for you because yesterday's manna is no longer the will of God on your life. And you can't live by bread alone, but by every word that is spoken out of the Lord Jesus' mouth, he says in the Gospels. Bread alone won't do it. It's time for some more. You need some meat. I got some meat for you, says Christ. The days of yesterday were for then. When we hit January 1st, 2018 was for 2018. We're going to do church different. We're going to say, man, remember when we did it that way? Why do we, what were we thinking? It's because we didn't know. Now we know. Now I know that, that when people come early and they see the new countdown with Nick's pretty face, I know they're going to say, wow, why did we think of that back then? I said, I didn't know that that was going to draw all the people from Lake St. Louis to come to church because Nick's pretty face. I didn't know that. So now it's on there. <laughs> and Nick's 
face is going to draw people to the kingdom. <laughs> I mean, you got to try things. It's not yesterday's bread. It's today's carrots. I don't know. You don't need to settle for a season that has passed because not to sound cliche, but God really has something new today. God is able, he really is able to do more for you today. He is really able to give you a land to produce your own produce and food so that you can go on and do new things. Maybe God wants you now to build something on the land. You got the ground covered. Now he wants you to take the land and do something more with it. And now, now he wants you to tie others into the equation. He wants you to build something for him because now you're ready to serve on another level. But you got to walk in the newness of each day and keep the bread fresh. Quit holding on to yesterday's bread. Walk into your promise. It's about growing in your walk, and that's about adapting and utilizing new ways. Do you think 20 years ago I said I'd be wearing some skinny pants up on a stage? No. Never wearing those. I'll never wearing those skinny pants. You know what I got in my closet now? I got like 12 pairs. Skinny and what's the other? Slim. When I'm feeling a little lethargic, I wear the slim. The skinny are just too tight sometimes especially the white one. But listen, you got to try new things, Brendan. Sometimes you got to put on the skinny pants, even if it feels crazy, because it does sometimes. But I'm getting used to it because it was something new, and now I've grown into it. Now it feels normal to me in a good way, not in a bad way. So now I'm on the shoes. I got shoes. I was the one pair. Okay, I got two pairs. I got dress shoes, and I got tennis shoes. What more do you need, wife? Oh, I got some flip-flops, and flip-flops are like a 24-7 shoe. You can wear them winter. Summer, it doesn't matter. You can wear flip-flops, even if it tears your feet up. But now I got like a shoe collection, and I'm out of shoe space. What happened to me? So God says, I got something new. You want to preach my gospel? I'm going to give you some new Jordans. It's going to look good. It goes along with it. No longer eating that bread from yesterday. Seriously. God's word is much deeper than that. That was just a superficial, humorous illustration to make the point that if you want something new, you got to try living for God a little different than you're used to and try to quit planning how God's going to do it for you. Because that's how he's going to show you something new. He wants you to let go because holding on just isn't working. It's actually slowing you. It's like a weight. In the days of yesterday were for then, and today God has something New. If you could all stand to your feet with me as we close the service for 2018, the last service of 2018, but many more to come for 1C Church as we go into 2019 because we're going to get some new bread this time. We're not, we're not keeping that stale bread. We're ready to go bigger, better, reach more lives, get people into heaven. We're on it, baby. We're going to keep going, planting the seed of God. We don't care how many people tell us, well, there's just not enough people there. Oh, well, just not. If you just said it this way, you you should be less like the world, more like them. Oh, you should become this denomination. Oh, you should be this. Well, you should just get off social media and come to church and see what you can do for us. You got a lot to say on the social thing, but where are you? That's, that's, that's like there's a social media people. They just attack. And it's funny now because they, they, they don't even know. They don't even, they're missing all the things of God because they're just on there looking in from the outside. They're still holding on to yesterday's breath. Well, if it was good church, it would be this way. Well, that's why we don't want to be like your church. We don't want to be like that. We want to be new, fresh, different. Do you think it's, yeah, it's weird. We play some club music in the floor. Yeah, I know. That's why I did it. 
We don't want to be your church. We'll just go down the street then. We want something new and fresh. And one see church is going to continue to be fresh and new each year because I've taken it on my life as a commitment to follow God's word the best I can and to bring it the best I can. And I'll continue to adapt and make it the best I can for you all and myself. Because it's about lives being saved and bringing the gospel in a way that people can understand it in an ever-changing world. We're not changing the truth, but we're changing how we're giving it to people so they can hear us. Because if they don't turn their ears on, they're not going to hear it anyway. They're going to flush it. And it's going to get stinky full of worms. And the old way from 1982 doesn't work anymore. God's going to get you for that. That doesn't work. That doesn't get me in the church. God's going to get you for that. When you slam people, it's not going to work. you got to bring some love into the picture because Jesus was love. My poor mom. Remember that? God's going to get you for that. People say some mean stuff, and they think it's the love of God. God's going to get you. Does that just make you feel so loved right now? Nate, he's going to get you. He's going to strike you down, Nate. We don't want to be that. We want to be the arms and feet. We want to bring the truth, but we're going to bring it in love. And we're not going to shy away from the truth, but we're going to bring it in love. We're going to hug people and say, yeah, we think it's wrong, but we love you. We want to show you the way. We want to bring the word to you. Now, God's going to get you for that. Boom, kick him in the behind. <laughs> Just saying. Sorry, that was, a, that was a rant that came out of nowhere. I guess it's the caffeine from the new Starbucks I've been brewing. God wants to do something new in you, and it's going to be different than it was in 2018. You can let go of the pressure of waiting on yesterday's promise because today it's not going to be what it was yesterday. Just stay focused knowing God will take care of you as he always wills. It doesn't make sense. It hurts right now, Amanda. I know it hurts. It hurts me too. But we have to stay faithful that God has got it under control. And all we can do is stay faithful in his promise that he will never leave his flock. Here on earth and in heaven. This is a temporary place we're in. This is temporary. It feels like forever with us, but it's temporary. We care about heaven. People in heaven. Bless someone different this week. Give them something fresh this week. If your thing is writing them a note at the restaurant, that's what my dad does. He goes, God, God, God bless you. That's cool. Well, this week, try something different just to change it up. Give them something fresh. So they say, I haven't seen that before. This is some bread I've never seen before. God wants the same reaction from you by faith. He wants to see you react like a little kid on Christmas who never knew that toy existed because it's just this life-changing experience. You know, it's like my son figuring out the Rubik's Cube this morning. He figured out the two-by-two Rubik's Cube, and he this revelation happened in his little eyes. He said, Dad, I figured it out. Because it was so new to him. It's not new to me. I've been there. But what's new to Danielle is different than Amanda. What's new to Mike is different than Christine. What's new to each of us, we're all at different walks with the Lord, different distances. But we're all on the same journey. So let's keep it fresh. Let's bless someone else because when we bless them, he'll bless us. When we do it to them, he does it to us. When we've done it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it to me. If we could bow our heads. Twenty eighteen, Lord, has come to a close, and we are so thankful that you've given us the opportunity to worship you freely. When so many beg and starve 
for your word across the world. We have it freely, open doors. We don't have to worry about getting our heads cut off. We don't have to worry about getting shot. We don't, got have, to, we don't have to worry about getting crucified. We have the freedom to worship you right here in Lake St. Louis, and you have provided an outlet. And we know, God, we are going to keep expecting something new for you from this church, through this church. As each day goes on, we are going to receive it and give it to the people and build your body and change the view of Christianity in this community and the world. As long as we're alive, we're going we're gonna to keep pushing to bring the truth and not saturate it with the politics. We're going to bring the truth because it's simple and you don't have to be a theology major to share the gospel with somebody and the love of you, Lord, because it's simple and that's how you made it. We ask all these things. We ask this week that you keep your hand on us. We're going through some struggles right now. Right now. Let us turn into January with a fresh outlook, with an optimistic outlook. Say, we're going to get it, Lord. We're going to go after 2019, not for two weeks when the, when the newness wears off. We're going to give it all. We're going to jump all in. We're not going to show up once in a while. We're going to be there. We're going to be there for you, God. We're going to give it all to you because we want to see the produce from the land. We don't want to live on yesterday's bread. And if everybody can say, In Jesus' name, amen.